The Mystical City of God, The Incarnation, Book 4, Chapter 11. The Venerable Sister Mary of Jesus of Agreda, describes the events of the holy angels announcing the birth of our Lord in different parts of the world, and the shepherds come to adore him. 489. After the courtiers of heaven had thus celebrated the birth of God-made man near the portals of Bethlehem, some of them were immediately dispatched to different places, in order to announce the happy news to those, who according to the divine will, were properly disposed to hear it. The holy prince Michael betook himself to the holy patriarchs in limbo and announced to them, how the only begotten of the Eternal Father was already born into the world and was resting, humble and meek, as they had prophesied, in a manger between two beasts. He addressed also in a special manner Holy Joachim and Anne in the name of the Blessed Mother, who had enjoined this upon him, he congratulated them, that their daughter now held in her arms the desired of nations and him who had been foretold by all the patriarchs and prophets, Isaiah 7 14 and Isaiah 9-7 etc. It was the most consoling and joyful day, which this great gathering of the just and the saints had yet had during their long banishment. All of them acknowledged this new God-man as the true author of eternal salvation, and they composed and sang new songs of adoration and worship in his praise. Saint Joachim and Anne enjoined the messenger of heaven, Saint Michael, to ask Mary their daughter to worship in their name the Divine Child, the blessed fruit of her womb, and this the great queen of the world immediately did for them, listening with great jubilee to all that the holy prince reported concerning the patriarchs of Limbo. 490. Another of the holy angels that attended and guarded the heavenly mother was sent to Saint Elizabeth and her son John. On hearing this news of the birth of the Redeemer, the prudent matron and her son, although he was yet of so tender an age, prostrated themselves upon the earth and adored their God-made man in spirit and in truth, John 4:23. The child which had been consecrated as his precursor, was renewed interiorly with a spirit more inflamed than that of Elias, causing new admiration and jubilation in the angels themselves. St. John and his mother requested that our Queen through the angels, that she in the name of them both, adore her most holy Son and offer him their services, all of which the heavenly queen immediately fulfilled. 491. Having thus been informed of what had happened, Saint Elizabeth hastened to send one of her domestics to Bethlehem with presents for the Blessed Mother and the Infant God. They consisted in some money, some linen and other things for the comfort of the newly born and of his poor mother and her spouse. The servant betook himself on the way with no other instruction than that he visit the Blessed Virgin and Saint Joseph and take notice of what comfort, or want, was theirs, so that he might bring back certain information of their circumstances and well-being. He had no other knowledge of the sacrament, except what he himself could perceive with his own eyes, but renewed and touched by an interior and divine force, he came back and in wonderful jubilee described to St. Elizabeth the poverty and the charming grace of her cousin, of the child and of St. Joseph, and what feelings were excited in him on beholding them. Admirable were the sentiments roused in the godly matron by his ingenuous narration. If it had not been for the will of God, that the secret and privacy of this high sacrament should be preserved, 
She could not have restrained herself from visiting the Virgin Mother and the newborn God. Of the things sent by Elizabeth, the Blessed Virgin Mary appropriated some for relieving their extreme poverty, while she distributed the rest of them to the poor, for she did not wish to be deprived of the company of the poor during the days in which she would have to remain in the portal or cave of the Nativity. 492. Other angels were delegated to bring the news to Zacharias Simeon and Anne, the prophetess, and to some other just and holy people, who were worthy to be trusted with this new mystery of our redemption. For as the Lord found them prepared to receive this news with gratitude and with benefit to themselves, he considered it a just due to their virtue not to hide from them the blessing conferred upon the human race. Although not all the just upon earth were informed at that time of this sacrament, yet in all of them were wrought certain divine effects in the hour in which the Savior of the world was born. For all the just felt in their hearts a new and supernatural joy, though they were ignorant of its cause. There were not only movements of joy in the angels and in the just, but also wonderful movements in the insensible creatures, for all the influences of the planets were renovated and enlivened. The sun much accelerated its course, the stars shone in greater brightness, and for the Magi kings that wonderful star was formed, which showed them the way to Bethlehem, Matthew 22. Many trees began to bloom and others to produce fruit. Some temples of the idols were overthrown, and in others the idols were hurled down and their demons put to flight. These wonders and other happenings in the world on that day, men accounted for in different ways, but far from the truth. Only among the just there were many, who by divine impulse suspected or believed that God had come into the world, yet no one knew it with certainty, except those to whom it was revealed. Among these were the three magi, to each of whom in their separate oriental kingdoms angels of the queen's guard were sent to inform them by interior and intellectual enlightenment, that the Redeemer of the human race had been born in poverty and humility. At the same time they were inspired with a sudden desire of seeking Him, and adoring Him, and immediately they saw the star as a guide to Bethlehem, as I will relate farther on. 493. Amongst all these, the shepherds of that region, who were watching their flocks at the time of the birth of Christ, were especially blessed, Luke 2 8, not only because they accepted the labor and inconvenience of their calling with resignation from the hand of God, but also because being poor and humble and despised by the world, they belonged in sincerity and uprightness of heart to those Israelites, who fervently hoped and longed for the coming of the Messiah, speaking and discoursing of Him among themselves many times. They resembled the author of life, as they were removed from the riches, vanity and ostentation of the world and far from its diabolical cunning, John 10:14. They exhibited in the circumstances of their calling the office, which the Good Shepherd had come to fulfill in knowing His sheep and being known to them. Hence they merited to be called and invited, as the first fruits of the saints by the Savior Himself, to be the very first ones, to whom the Eternal and Incarnate Word manifested Himself and by whom He wished to be praised, served and adored. Hence the Archangel Gabriel was sent to them as they watched on the field, appearing to them in human form and with great splendor. 494. The shepherds found themselves suddenly enveloped and bathed in the celestial radiance of the angel, 
and at his sight, being little versed in such visions, they were filled with great fear. The holy prince reassured them and said, Ye upright men, be not afraid, for I announce to you tidings of great joy, which is, that for you is born today the Redeemer Christ, our Lord, in the city of David. And as a sign of this truth, I announce to you, that you shall find the infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and placed in a manger. Luke chapter 2 10-12 At these words of the angel, a great multitude of the celestial army suddenly appeared, who in voices of sweet harmony sang these words to the Most High. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men of good will. Rehearsing this divine canticle, so new to the world, the holy angels disappeared. All this happened in the fourth watch of the night. By this angelic vision the humble and fortunate shepherds were filled with divine enlightenment, and were unanimously impelled by a fervent longing to make certain of this blessing, and to witness with their own eyes the most high mystery of which they had been informed. 495. The signs which the holy angels had indicated to them did not seem appropriate or proportionate for attesting the greatness of the newborn to eyes of the flesh. For to lie in a manger and to be wrapped in swaddling clothes, would not have been convincing proof of the majesty of a king, if these shepherds had not been illuminated by divine light and been unable to penetrate the mystery. As they were free from the arrogant wisdom of the world, they were easily made proficient in the divine wisdom. Conferring among themselves the thoughts excited by this message, they resolved to hasten in all speed to Bethlehem and see the wonder made known to them by the Lord. They departed without delay, and entering the cave or portal they found, as St. Luke tells us, Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in a manger. Seeing all this they recognized the truth of what they had heard of the child. Upon this followed an interior enlightenment consequent upon seeing the Word made flesh, for when the shepherds looked upon him, he also glanced at them, emitting from his countenance a great effulgence, which wounded with love the sincere heart of each of these poor yet fortunate men. With divine efficiency it changed them and renewed them, constituting them in a new state of grace and holiness, and filling them with an exalted knowledge of the divine mysteries of the Incarnation and the redemption of the human race. 496. Prostrating themselves on the earth they adored the Word made flesh. Not any more as ignorant rustics, but as wise and prudent men they adored Him and acknowledged and magnified Him as true God and man, and as restorer and redeemer of the human race. The heavenly lady and mother of the child took notice of all that they did interiorly and exteriorly, for she saw into their inmost hearts. In highest wisdom and prudence she preserved the memory of all these happenings and pondered them in her soul, Luke 2:19, comparing them with the other mysteries therein contained and with the holy prophecies and sayings of the scriptures. As she was then the organ of the Holy Spirit and the representative of the infant, she spoke to the shepherds, instructing and exhorting them to persevere in divine love, and in the service of the Most High. They also conversed with her on their part and showed by their answers that they understood many of the mysteries. They remained in the cave from the beginning of dawn until midday when, having given them something to eat, our great Queen sent them off full of heavenly grace and consolation. 497 
During the days when Most Holy Mary the Child and Saint Joseph remained in the gates of Bethlehem, these holy shepherds returned a few times and brought such presents as in their poverty they could spare. What Saint Luke says about those that wondered at what the shepherds said concerning the Holy Family, happened later, after the Queen the Child and Saint Joseph had departed and fled from the neighborhood of Bethlehem, for divine providence so arranged things, that the shepherds were unable to spread about this news before that time. Not all of those that heard them speaking about this matter believed them, for they held them to be uncultured and ignorant people. These shepherds however were saints and were filled with divine knowledge until they died. Among those who believed them was Herod, although not because of any laudable faith or piety, but on account of his worldly and wicked fear of losing his kingdom. Among the children, who merited to be sacrificed by him, there were also some belonging to these holy men. Their parents consented joyfully to the martyrdom, which the children themselves desired and offering themselves up to the Lord, whom they were made to know beforehand. The Instruction of the Most Holy Queen, the Blessed Virgin Mary. 498. My daughter, forgetfulness and inattention regarding the works of the Redeemer are as reprehensible as they are common and frequent among mortals. Yet these works are most mysterious, loving, merciful and instructive. You have been called and chosen to receive knowledge and enlightenment for avoiding such dangerous and gross torpidity. Therefore I wish that in the mysteries you have just written, you take notice of and ponder over the burning love of my most holy Son in communicating himself to men, as soon as he was born, in order to make them immediate partakers of the joyful fruit of his coming. Men do not know of this obligation, because few of them penetrate the significance of this great blessing, just as there were few who saw the word at his birth and thanked him for his arrival. They are not aware of the cause of their evil state and of their blindness, which neither was, nor is, to be ascribed to the Lord nor to any fault in his love, but to the sins and the bad dispositions of men. If their own bad dispositions would not impede or make them unworthy of this favor, the same light, which was given to the just, to the shepherds and to the kings, would have been granted to all or to many. That there should be so few, will make you understand in what an unhappy condition the world was in at the time of the coming of the incarnate word, and also the unhappiness of the present times, when these mysteries have become so evident, and when grateful memory of them is become so scarce. 499. Consider the wicked disposition of mortals in the present age, in which the light of the gospel has been spread out and confirmed by so many miracles wrought by God in his church. In spite of all this there are so few who are perfect and who seek to dispose themselves for greater participation in the fruits and benefits of the redemption. Although the number of fools is so great, and the vices have become so measureless, there are those who think that the perfect are numerous also, because undoubtedly, men do not openly dare to act in opposition to God. 
there are fewer than one thinks, and many less than there should be, seeing that God is so much offended by the infidels and continually desires to communicate the treasures of grace in his church according to the merits of his only begotten made man. Be mindful, dearest, of the obligation imposed upon you by your clear knowledge of these truths. Live cautiously, with great attention and watchfulness, correspond to his graces, losing no time occasion or circumstance for acting in the most holy and perfect manner known to you, for you cannot fulfill your duty otherwise. Remember what I tell you, command and urge upon you, that you do not receive such great favor in vain. 2 Corinthians 6.1 Do not allow your grace and light to be without profit, but make use of them in the perfection of thankfulness.